bring you our regular half-hour news package. The program Von Scope is a package of news, views, comments and analysis of issues from Voice of Nigeria. Right now, Danielle, it's over to you. So much, good morning, Abuja, and good morning to you listening to Voice of Nigeria. Welcome to our half-hour news magazine, Von Scope. It's a package of news, views, comments, and analysis of issues coming to you from Abuja. On the menu, Nigerian lawmakers have called on the federal government to invest more in agriculture to boost food production in the country. Stay tuned for details of these and more stories in the course of the program. And on the headlines, Nigeria's president promises true federal system. Gunmen attack National Security Agency's headquarters in Chad and South Korean doctors to face arrest or return to work. Details of these and more will be coming up, including economic news, sports news, the world news, today in history, and much more. Stay tuned. It's Vance Cope, and I am Danielle Bensar. Here is the world news. Nigeria's President Bola Tinubu says the nation will overcome current economic challenges as he reaffirms his responsibility of ensuring fiscal and true federalism. In a statement by the Special Advisor to the President on Media and Publicity, Ajirin Gilali, the President also said that his administration is working to ensure that Nigeria is reformed for greater efficiency with emphasis on systematically inculcating fairness and equity in all aspects of the national life. President Tinubu reiterated that his commitment to leading Nigeria towards economic and social prosperity. The Nigerian leader acknowledged the understanding and support of all Nigerians in the face of the tough but temporary economic conditions, assuring them that their patience and perseverance would not be fruitless. Nigeria's Vice President Kachim Shatima has inaugurated the newly constituted Board of the National Hajj Commission of Nigeria, calling on the new management to introduce innovations in Hajj operations in Nigeria. Speaking during the inauguration of the new board at the presidential villa in Abuja, Vice President Shatima urged members to synergize and bring fresh perspectives to the operations of the commission. According to the vice president, serving on the commission's board is very important, given that Hajj is one of the five pillars of Islam. Nigeria's Minister of Steel Development, Mr. Shwaibo Audu, has reiterated the commitment of President Bola Tinubu towards reviving the moribund Ajaukuta steel mill in Kogi State, North Central Nigeria. The minister stated this when he visited the Plateau State Governor, Kilab Moftuang, in just the North Central State. 
in just the capital of Plata State in North Central. Mr. Aldo pointed out that the Ajakuta Steel Mill was a gigantic project initiated in the last 45 years to drive development in Nigeria. He, however, regretted that the project had been neglected by successive administrations. But President Tinubu has demonstrated the political will to revive the steel plant to promote development in the nation. Over now to the foreign scene. Heavy gunfire has been heard in Chad's capital, Jamaina, following an attack on the headquarters of the National Security Agency. The Chadian government said several people were killed on, in Wednesday's attack, blaming the opposition Socialist Party Without Borders. The leader of the Socialist Party Without Borders, Yaya Dilo, denied the allegation. The attack came a day after the announcement that Chad will hold presidential elections on 6th of May. The president of the ECOWAS Commission, Dr. Aliu Touré, has lamented the low trade volume amongst member states, which hovers in the region of 12%. Speaking at the maiden briefing on the activities of the regional body in Nigeria, in Abuja, Nigeria's capital, Dr. Touré explained that the political situation in the region has overshadowed the efforts of the regional bloc at addressing the needs of citizens of the community. Dr. Touré also said that strategies and policies are in place to encourage trading and movement of goods and people within the region. He also stressed the need to have sufficient local content and production within the region. Finally, South, Africa's, uh, South Korea's government is threatening to take legal action against thousands of striking junior doctors and revoke their medical licenses if they do not return to work today, Thursday. The trainee doctors are protesting government plans to admit drastically more medical students to university each year to increase the number of doctors in the system. South Korea has one of the lowest doctor-to-patient ratios among developed nations. With a rapidly aging population, the government is warning there will be an acute shortage within a decade. South Korean doctors marched to protest against the government's medical policy in front of the presidential office in Seoul. And that's the end of the world news. If you're just tuning in, the program is Vonsko coming your way on Voice of Nigeria. You can listen to our broadcast on www.von.gov.ng and on Simple Radio, TuneIn Radio, Radio Garden and the Vaughn mobile app. You can also listen to us on Facebook. That will be on Vaughn Newscast. Following the food scarcity facing Nigerians, the House of Representatives has advised the federal government to invest more in agriculture to boost food production in the country. The House adopted a motion of urgent public importance on food security in Nigeria, nutritional dangers and urgent need for more government remedial remedial measures to address food shortages ahead of the rainy and dry season farming, moved by Chiki John Okafor. Members pointed out that Nigerians were looking forward to food sufficiency through government's intervention. Voice of Nigeria's correspondent Gloria Essien reports on this and other activities in the House of Representatives. Her report. All over Nigeria, there have been outcry by the citizens about food scarcity. The agitation also led to a mass protest by the Nigerian Labour Congress and Nigeria Nigerian workers across the country. Being a listening House of Representatives, lawmakers dwelled on the topic at plenary. While leading debate on the food scarcity motion, Honorable Chiko Kafo said that the issue of food scarcity in Nigeria and the impending nutritional dangers that accompany it was worrisome. He said that as Nigeria approaches the farming season, it was imperative
imperative to take immediate action to avert a worsening crisis and ensure the availability of food and well-being of the citizens. That insufficient access to nutritious food not only leads to hunger and malnutrition, but also exacerbates existing health conditions and undermines the overall development of our nation. Honorable Kafa also notified the House that the current state of food scarcity in Nigeria poses a grave threat to the health and livelihood of millions of people. Members joined in debating the motion and amended some of the prayers. For Honorable Awaji Abiante, he advised the government to tackle insecurity in the country to allow farmers go to their farms. In as much as there is still insecurity in the land, farmers cannot go to their farms. All that we want to do is palliative, palliative. It will not work, Mr. Speaker. Also speaking on the motion, Deputy Speaker of the House, Honorable Benjamin Carlo, called on governors to complement the federal government's efforts in investing in agriculture to boost food security. If that is the need for any subsidy in this country, it is to subsidize these farm impute and everything that has to do with farming. Let us put our energy there. We are hardworking people in Nigeria. Ruling on the motion, the Speaker of the House of Representatives, Honorable Tajuddin Abbas, referred the motion to the Committee on Nutrition and Food Security and other relevant committees to ensure compliance and report back to the House for legislative action. Meanwhile, the House of Representatives has also cautioned potential buyers of multi-choice Nigeria, multi-choice Africa, or any other subsidiary of the multi-choice group operating in Nigeria to be aware of the alleged outstanding indebtedness which may have been covered in their papers. The caution followed the adoption of a motion of urgent national importance on the urgent need to investigate the alleged unremitted 1.8 trillion naira and 342 million dollars tax revenue owed the federal government of Nigeria by multi-choice group moved by Honorable Abdullah Seidu at plenary. The House in adopting the motion mandated the Committee on Finance to initiate an urgent and comprehensive investigation into the non-remittance of tax revenues by multi-choice to the Federation with a particular focus on the suppression of information discovered from their submissions in South Africa, their home country, and report back to the House within four weeks for further legislative action. The House Committee on Finance also hosted the Chairman of the Federal Inland Revenue Service, Mr. Zach Adedeji, for budget defense. Other bills and motions were also passed by the House of Representatives. From the National Assembly, Gloria Sien reporting for Voice of Nigeria. Meanwhile, the Lagos State Governor of Southwest Nigeria, Mr. Babajide Sawonlu, has assured Nigerians that the administration of President Bolotinibu will change the fortunes of the country. The governor, who was speaking during the swearing-in ceremony of five new permanent secretaries in the state, urged residents to bear with the current economic challenges, stressing that the state government will continue to support the federal government to deliver efficient policies and programs that put smiles on faces of the citizens in the coming years. Therefore, the times ahead is not without challenges, especially in this period when the citizens' attention is focused on all of us, with high expectations to cushion the effects of our current economic hardship and galloping economic issues. We believe that the government at the center has the capacity, has the forthrightness, and has the ability to change the fortune of this country. And this government will continue to support that administration. We have seen just yesterday very bold, audacious monetary policies that have been set out by the Central Bank and other organs of federal government. 
We believe that we all need to support them so that some of these policies can take a proper footing and can help change the current fortune of our country. All right. That was Baba Jide Sawonlu, the governor of Lagos State, Southwest Nigeria. Nigerians have been charged to stop negative utterances about the country. The Chief of Defense Staff General Christopher Musa gave the charge in Abuja, Nigeria's capital, on a one-day seminar with defense correspondents on the theme Civil-Military Relations, Non-Kinetic Efforts of the Nigerian Military in Security Management, Challenges and Prospects. The defense chief said that the challenges are enormous globally, but there is need to look at the positive sides as well as speak well of the country. Voice of Nigeria's defense correspondent Martha Obi was at the seminar and now she tells us more. Today's war is won. The enemy is not a state but a movement. A war without national borders, a war between states and networks, is the type of war the country is facing. The Nigerian Chief of Defense Staff, General Christopher Musa, who made this known, said that the traditional notion of war relying heavily on kinetic means is gradually being relegated, and Nigerians are now seeking to possess and apply non-kinetic approaches to project power, secure interests, and solve problems. He said that the armed forces of Nigeria, being the key driver encountering the myriad of security threats nationwide, has sustained non-military and soft strategies as a means to an end of these multifaceted threats. Nigeria as a diverse and complex nation faces a myriad of security threats that demand our unwavering attention and concerted efforts to address. From separatism, insurgencies and terrorism to intercommunal conflicts, transnational organized crimes and the myriad of other security challenges. The direct Director General, Nigerian Army Resource Center, Major General Wahab Gaba retired, says that the seminar is a way of providing the platform for the military and the media to have a handshake hardship because there is a divide and unless both come closer, they will not understand each other. He noted that there are cultural differences between the both. Those issues are there anywhere in the world. And unfortunately, in Nigeria, we tend to compare what is obtainable in the U.S. and U.K. to what is obtainable in Nigeria. The Director General, Voice of Nigeria, Jubrin Baba Ndasi, speaks on the topic military-media relations in the age of durable disorder. According to him, the military is conducting war against the enemy and the media is equally doing the same by trying to know all information while the military keeps some secrets from them. He noted that the military-media relations are like cat and mouse game in the course of carrying out their duties for the interests of the nation. But this is also not a Nigerian challenge. It's a global challenge. Globally, the military and the media play dominant role in the national development of various nation states. For the military, it is in maintaining peace and security, protecting internal insurrection, protecting territorial integrity, projection of national power, protecting national interests and security. Many resource persons and dignitaries were in attendance. From Nigerian Army Resource Center, Abuja, this is Martha Ubi reporting for Voice of Nigeria. Thank you, Martha. The president of the Economic Community of West African States, ECOWAS, Dr. Omar Toure, said the original bloc spent over a million dollars to support the conduct of Nigeria's 2023 general elections. Dr. Toure, who disclosed this in Abuja, the maiden weekly press briefing of the ECOWAS Commission, explained that as a matter of policy, the regional body gives each ECOWAS member a grant of $500,000 to support the conduct of elections, while also deploying observers 
service and logistics, which cost the regional block over $500,000 as well. The president of the regional commission also decried that the current political situation within the region, which he said has overshadowed the efforts of the block at addressing which he said, I beg your pardon, has overshadowed the efforts of the bloc at addressing the needs of citizens of the community. Of recent primary focus of the media has been on the challenging developments in the region, including political instability in some member states and some recent decision of three ECOWAS member states to withdraw from the community. For a region struggling to consolidate democracy, such developments are not unexpected, considering the fragility of our democracy. However, these events obscure the significant achievements that have been recorded by the community since its creation in 1975. Over the last 49 years, the community has been able to unite the 15 nations of the region around our common objectives of socioeconomic development through regional integration. That is Dr. Omar Turi, President of the Economic Community of West African States, ECOWAS. You're listening to Vanscope Have Our News Magazine from Voice of Nigeria. Let's now join Mariam Suleiman for Economic News. Thank you. The Centre for the Promotion of Private Enterprise says the expatriate employers levy put in place by the Nigerian government will create more jobs for Nigerians. The CEO of the Centre, Dr. Muda Yusuf, while speaking to Voice of Nigeria in a telephone interview, said the initiative would enhance the implementation of the expatriate quarter system. Any vacancy that exists that Nigerians can fill, we have no business allowing employees to come and fill those vacancies. For me, I think it's in, it's in order, in order to create more jobs locally. The government should could give them a timeline that, okay, we are granting you this permission to employ this expatriate and say that, okay, we are giving you one month, we are giving you two months, we are giving you six months to be able to train the Nigerians so that the Nigerians can take over. There should be proper guidelines to support that process. Nigeria has imposed a mandatory annual levy for organizations employing expatriate workers, requiring them to pay $15,000 for a director and $10,000 for other categories. The Nigerian government has been asked to pay special attention to tackling factors which contribute to the rise in inflation in the country. An economic analyst, Dr. Chijoke Okechuku, who evaluated issues which have been leading to inflation, says the Monetary Policy Committee meeting by the country's Apex Bank can only handle some of these problems. Insecurity in the farmlands and uh, other things that are making farmers not to produce optimally. Um, the kind of weather conditions that are making uh, farmers not to produce optimally. Of course, we also look at the areas of exchange rates, which is also the energy costs, which is uh, the cost of diesel, the cost of uh, uh, electricity and all that. That has actually contributed a lot to the cost of doing business in Nigeria and cost of living. An economic analyst, Dr. Chijoke Okichuku, speaking there. In a move aimed at rectifying the persistent distortions in the retail segment of Nigeria's foreign exchange market, the Central Bank of Nigeria, CBN, has taken a decisive step to bridge the widening gap in the exchange rate through a new circular by the bank's Director of Trade and Exchange Department, Dr. Hassan Mahmoud. The CBN has announced its decision to distribute $20,000 to each eligible bureau de change operator across the country. This initiative is a part of the broader effort to achieve a market-driven exchange rate for the Naira and alleviate the pressures feeding into the parallel market. And that concludes the economic news. I'm Miriam Suleiman.
Thank you, Mariam. Over now to some sports news. On sports news, the crisis rocking Cameroon Football Federation got messy on Wednesday, 28th of February, 2024, following the sacking of coach Rigobert Song over poor performance at the AFCON 2023. Cameroon could not progress beyond the round of 16 after they were convincingly beaten by Nigeria's two goals to nil. In another development, Beijing has been selected to host the 2027 World Athletics Championships as announced by the world governing body. The announcement comes after the Italian Athletics Federation earlier announced it had withdrawn its bid to host the event in Rome after failing to receive financial support from the government. Beijing also hosted the championships in 2015. Now for, for more on sports news, let's join Edwin Aqua. Thanks for having me on the sports news segment and we begin with football where the Nigerian Football Federation NFF has confirmed that the international friendly between Nigeria and world champions Argentina has been called off for the second time. The international warm-up game, which was first scheduled to hold in China, was shifted to hold in the United States of America on the 26th of March 2024. Official statement by the Argentine Football Association noted that the game was put off due to administrative issues, but the chieftain of the Nigerian Football Federation, NFF, said the organizers were unable to secure visas for the number of people on the list sent to them, which was the reason the game was cancelled. According to the organizers of the International Friendly, the U.S. are strict on issuance of the visa. Therefore, the friendly match is no longer to hold. Still on football, serial African champions, the Super Falcons of Nigeria, will tackle South Africa Bayana Bayana for the single slot in the Olympic football event after the one-knee win over Tanzania. Current African champions Bayana Bayana of South Africa confirmed their superiority over Tanzania with another win in the Olympic Games qualifier. Meanwhile, Nigeria's Minister of Sports Development, Senator John Eno, has charged the Super Falcons to go all out and secure that sole ticket for the female football event in Paris 2020. For Olympics. Senator Eno believes that as Syria champions of female football on the continent, the Super Falcons have all it takes to beat their opponents and hoist Nigerian flag in the French capital. The Olympic Games are about you know, the highest level of sports that we can think of. You know, so just to urge you, no pressure, no pressure at all. I mean, you are, you are the best in Africa. That's right. You are the 10 best in the world, among the 10 best, isn't it? So no reason why you shouldn't go to Olympics. There's one Olympic ticket in female football. That ticket should be you. I'm sure you all appreciate how much this matters. And to athletics now, we're ahead of the upcoming World Indoor Championships in Glasgow, Scotland. Nigeria Queen of the Track, Tobia Musan, has decided to skip the event for the 2023 Africa Games scheduled to hold in Ghana. The U.S.-based Amosa decided to skip the indoor games to avoid injuries and also to be ready for the upcoming Africa Games kicking off on March the 8th. According to Amosa's team, as a professional athlete, their manager and coaches choose the meets they take part in to avoid injuries and burnouts before major championships. The team, however, confirmed that she'll be back for the Africa Games as long as she's free from injuries since her priority now is the Africa Games. And finally, in boxing, Anthony Joshua believes that a fight with 
Deontay Wilder can still be salvaged ahead of his fight with the mixed martial artist Francis Ngannou on March 8th in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. This is coming after plans for him to finally fight his American rival were abandoned when Wilder lost to Joseph Parker in December 2023. Wilder and Joshua had been on collision course since 2016 when Joshua first defeated Charles Martin to win the IBF heavyweight title. Meanwhile, Anthony Joshua suggested he has no plans to retire from boxing in the near future ahead of his blockbuster bout with Francis Ngannou as he continues his quest for greatness following his recent excellent form. And that's the most we can take on the sport news segment. My name is Edwin Akwe. Thank you, Edwin. And now for the weather forecast, let's join Margaret Abeshi. This is the weather forecast across Africa for Thursday, 29th February 2024. Nigerian Meteorological Agency, NIMIT, predicts sunny skies to the northern states, while the central and southern states will have sunny intervals, with prospects of morning thunderstorms to Akwaibum and Cross River states. Later in the day, there are better chances of thunderstorms to the coast, as well as to Abia, Imu, Ebony, Ogun, Ondo, and Oshun states. Nightmares warns of sunstroke and heat exhaustions due to the rising temperature. General temperatures will range from 34 to 41 degrees Celsius across the country. Across Africa, Yamasukro, Cote d'Ivoire in West Africa will have thundery showers with a temperature of about 35 degrees Celsius. Nansana, Uganda in East Africa will be sunny with a temperature of about 29 degrees Celsius. Alexandria, Egypt in North Africa will also be sunny with a temperature of about 25 degrees Celsius. In Central Africa, Port Gentile, Gabon will have thundery showers with a temperature of about 30 degrees Celsius. And in Southern Africa, Manzini, Eswatini will have sunny skies with a temperature of about 25 degrees Celsius. That's today's weather forecast across selected cities in Africa. Remember the effects of climate change and do your part to promote green energy. I am Margaret Ibeshi. Thank you, Margaret. And the African proverb says, when the cock is drunk, he forgets about the hawk. Now, it means that when you don't pay keen attention to what you do, you won't have or you won't make headway and you will get exposed. So be careful what you do. Be careful that you pay attention to things around you and things that are very important. Before we end, Von Scope, a recap of the major stories. Nigeria's President Tinubu says the nation will overcome current economic challenges as he reaffirmed his responsibility of ensuring fiscal and true federalism. Heavy gunfire has been heard in Chad's capital, N'Djamena, following an attack on the headquarters of the National Security Agency. In South Korea's government is threatening to take legal action against thousands of striking junior doctors and revoke their medical licenses if they do not return to work today, Thursday. That's the end of Vansko, but you can listen to Voice of Nigeria on www.vn.gov.ng and on Simple Radio, TuneIn Radio, Radio Garden, the Von Mobile app, and on Facebook, we're at Von Newscast. You can also send your comments, observations to English, Von at Yahoo.com or VO Nigeria 880 at gmail.com. 
Fonska was produced by Choma Eche. Thanks for listening. I am Danielle Bemsar. But do not go away. Stay tuned for more programs coming your way on the English service of Voice of Nigeria. Have a great day. Dear listener, you have just listened to the program Vonscope. Vonscope is a half-hour news magazine from Voice of Nigeria. Now, don't forget you can send in your comments, observations, suggestions via our website on www.von.gov.ng. You can as well do that via our Facebook account on at Von News in just one word. Now, beyond poverty line, our next program on the lineup lies the rooms of improved living standard, access to education, healthcare, and opportunities for a better future. It's a program that signifies not just economic stability, but a pathway towards individual and societal growth. Initiatives focusing on empowerment, skills development, and social quality play a crucial role in improving communities beyond the constraints of poverty. Now on the program Beyond Poverty, line it promises to be so exciting as we have a special edition for you my dear listener i am zaliha ibrahim and i am here to keep you informed and as well abreast of all that's happening around the globe let's do this together by listening to the program beyond poverty line from voice of nigeria abuja perspective. Cassava is widely and simply known as a perennial woody shrub with an edible root which can grow in a tropical and subtropical areas around the world. Cassava originated from tropical America and was introduced into Africa in the Congo Basin by the Portuguese around 1558. Therefore, the economic value associated with cassava is so enormous for wealth creation and food security for Nigerians. Hello, dear listener. You're welcome to this week's edition of Beyond Poverty Line, a program directed at showcasing the different ways of individuals, non-governmental and governmental efforts geared towards reducing poverty, unemployment and wealth creation in Nigeria. Our focus today is... The Economic Value of Cassava Farming in Nigeria. We're reaching you from the studio of Voice of Nigeria. I am Zaliha Ibrahim. Do stay tuned for details. (laughs) 
Cassava is originally a crop of South America. It was introduced into the southern part of Nigeria during the period of slave trade. However, the importance of cassava to Nigerians was discovered in the 19th century when more enslaved Nigerians returned to their homeland and introduced its processing techniques into the country. Cassava has become a major economic substance crop and the country has attained the status of the largest producer in the world with production of 34 million metric tons and is a cash crop of great importance employing over millions of Nigerians. Olubenga Adetidun is an agriculturist. He explains the importance of cassava to Nigerians. Cassava um, is one of the root crops that has a lot of, um, let's say, benefit. In any country or in most of the African countries, cassava has been one of our staple food. Uh, for instance, when you go to Nigeria, the major food that they eat is cassava. So we use a lot of cassava for gary, for food, and PC, and other things. And also economically, cassava contributes about 22% of our GDP. Yes, so cassava is very, very important. Yeah, cassava, like all crops, you see, cassava is a medium-term crop. Okay. The, you have made mention of the crops. You have the short-term crops, okay. medium-term crops, and the long-term crops. Cassava is one of the medium-term crops. And in cassava production, if you want to go into cassava production, the factors are not um, different than other uh, crop production. Okay. There are some factors that you have to consider. Um, one, you think about the land. It's very important. You also think about your capital. But like in North, uh, cassava production, you don't need a lot of capital. Okay. So uh, for the capital production, at least, you can any capital or you can enter into cassava production. According to the 2018 total estimates by International Food for Agricultural Organization IFAO, a total of 59.5 million metric tons is being produced in Nigeria, which has the economic potential to generate 427.3 million dollars of revenue from a domestic value addition to the country. Therefore, the local value of cassava via local manufacturing and processing creates jobs for people as well as generates revenue to the government. Engineer Aleke Bamidele is the Product Coordinator International Fund for Agricultural Development, IFAD, and International Institute for Tropical Agriculture. He speaks on their contribution in assisting Nigerians in cassava farming for wealth creation. We are in Ijoga Rile Abekuta, a site for one of our intervention programs of the cassava value chain. Ijoga Rile happens to be a place where we have a demo farm, where we are demonstrating how cassava can be grown profitably. We are working in collaboration with uh, Open Door Farm and uh, we are integrating the youth of this area. The importance of cassava farming in Nigeria cannot be overemphasized owing to its numerous benefits to the entire population of Nigeria. Cassava can also be cultivated in various ways which are all instrumental for food security for Nigeria. Engineer Adirami speaks again. Opundo has a challenge for cassava root supply. And what do we intend to do? We intend to open up 50 hectares of demo farm, where 30 hectares from that farm will be cultivated mechanically. 
and we have 20 hectares that is cultivated manually. It's part of the project to involve youth as a means of creating employment and as a means of uh, teaching our youth the profitability that involves in uh, agriculture. The Joga case is a little bit different because instead of youth, what we have are outgrowers. We're working with outgrowers here because the youth are engaged in other things. One important factor is that cassava cultivation is very simple because it can be produced on every fertile soil and can be harvested in every season of the year. These simple processes of cassava cultivation have pushed many Nigerians to cassava farming, while Larry Wadwasifesu is the managing director of Green Hills Cassava Farm Limited. He explains how his farm has been helping Nigerians to invest in cassava. Oh, my name is Olaria Wadjo Shifeso, and I'm the managing director of Green Hills Cassava Farmstead. Um, Green Hills Cassava Farmstead is a 10,000 hectare cassava farm uh, located in Ogun State, uh, Oloran Shogo, um, in Nigeria, of course. And uh, we, are, we are actually on 2,000 hectares. It's a 10 hectare farm, but within the 10,000 hectares, there are pockets of villages and communities, and uh, we're not looking at relocating those guys. So carve out 2,000 hectares you know from the 10,000 hectares and currently we've done a full land clearing on 150 hectares and also we've done full cultivation on on 30 over 30 hectares of cassava and the variety we're planting as you can see is uh tme 419 which is high resistance to pests and um diseases and uh you know within 10 months 10 to 12 months we look at uh harvest yes and the concept really why we decided to um launch this program is uh, a lot of people came to me to say oh larry can you help me manage my farm here you know in different states and i'm like okay why not all of us own you know a farm within a farmstead own your farm i own my farm and it's managed by one sister and that is the that is how we came up with the green hills customer farmstead so basically what we do is we sell our farmlands and then we help you do the whole uh farm management you know we do the cultivation we manage the farm for you we harvest for you you know we buy back the crops or if you want to sell your crops you can you can actually harvest and sell your crop yes but we buy back the crops and uh we you know we are looking at going into processing as Nigeria is blessed with varieties of cassava, giving her fertile, vast land suitable for agricultural production. This rich, vast land for cassava farming has given most Nigerians advantage and motivation to invest into cassava production and processing, which is simple and profitable owing to the large population of Nigeria. Cassava can also be processed into various usages such as flour, starch, granules and other numerous products or food for human consumption. Atono Sahara, the owner of Sahara Foods and Cassava Processing Plant based in Lafia, Nasara State, North Central Nigeria, speaks. Here in Azuba, cassava is the main crop, which after harvest is processed into local food commonly known as fufu, apple, or gari. It all started 30 years ago, now as Ato Sahara Cassava Processing Center, which came as a dream. I invested only 5000 into the business, which is now a millionaire business. I hope you can see that. Today, Ato Sahara Cassava Processing Center has a workforce of about 1,000 people who are paid on daily basis with a capacity 
to engage more hands if investors show interest in the business processing. We are pleading for the government of Nasarawa State and federal government Nigeria to support us in this business, to make the business a great one in the state and the nation at large. The strategy of any business initiative is to make profit by creating value to the consumer. Cassava farming and cassava processing by any individual or company is to ensure the availability of food and wealth creation. But all these stages have their impediments. Bala Moses is a cassava farmer and investor. He speaks of the best strategies and locations for cassava production and processing. The best strategic place for cassava processing center is along the Bejo Road because an agrarian community should be well accessible so that people will come and pick the product. So the major road is the most suitable place for a cassava processing product. Virtually an industrial zone, nearness to market, closeness to route, so is the strategic place. Uh, as route, the area is close to route, that means people will patronize, so it's close to the market, so that product will be moved easily from the production zone to various areas. But where there is no route, the product will be very difficult to be moved from those zones. So it is very vital, very important to be located along the route. Nigeria and Africa as a continent is rich in natural and abundant resources, including abundant water resources. However, despite this potential for agriculture, Nigeria and many African countries still struggle with food insecurity and poverty. In order to address these challenges, the continent must focus on developing sustainable and efficient agricultural practices that can help feed its growing population as well as economic opportunities. With that, dear listener, this is how we conclude this week's edition of Beyond Poverty Line, where we focus on the economic value of cassava farming in Nigeria. For comments and observations, share with us through the producer, Beyond Poverty Line, Voice of Nigeria, PMB 40003, Falomo Ikui, Lagos, Nigeria. You can also reach us through our email at voneenglishproducers at gmail.com or visit our website at www.von.gov.ng. You can listen to us on Simple Radio, Radio Guardian and TuneIn Radio apps. Our live stream is also available on www.von.gov.ng. The program was produced by Isaac Desemela. Usman Maazu was my studio manager and I am Zaliha Ibrahim saying goodbye for now.
For excellent programming, news, views, and analysis of issues from an African perspective, Voice of Nigeria. That was the program Beyond Poverty Line. I do hope you enjoyed every bit of it. Now, the arts have the power to inspire, challenge, and unite people. And it transcends boundaries and it fosters a deeper understanding of the human experience. In our world, innovation meets tradition and arts become the architects of cultural evaluation. Now, that's why on that note, I'll be bringing you the program World of the Art, where we'll take you on a beautiful journey into the different types of art that we have. I bet you this edition promises to be so exciting. Here's a program, World of the Arts. Enjoy it. Hello and welcome to World of the Arts, reaching you from the studios of Voice of Nigeria. The program explores all forms of fascinating arts. On this edition, focus will be on pottery. To appreciate the art of pottery fully, it is essential to immerse oneself in its history and present. So why wait? Let's dive into the tactile wonder of pottery art and create something truly remarkable. My name is Jude Kankara. Please stay tuned. For countless generations, pottery remains one of the universal art forms. It is believed to be one of the oldest surviving craft ever practiced by man right from the earliest times to the present day. Pottery is the creation of objects, mainly cooking or storage vessels, made out of clay and then hardened by heat. Pottery is one of the crafts of ancient Nigeria that is still being practiced in most parts of the country today. For several years, People in Ushafa community in Nigeria's capital city, Abuja, have embraced the art of traditional pot making, a trade which has been with them for generations. Some years ago, the government established a center in this clear-rich community to help the traditional pot makers. Pottery in its traditional setting is unique in the sense that it is manually made and so no duplicate can be made or found elsewhere except by the potter. Tanko Ushafa gives us a sneak peek into the history of how porters were amalgamated and how the pottery center came into existence. One of our pottery come to Nigeria, the person that brought it is a British man. His name is Michael Kaji. So when you come, you went around the country, Nigeria. You okay. tour around. Then he found already baggy people are in this hobby. It's like that. That is their business. So he now selected some people. That is what comes about like the can they will shop out. So many people are sitting in Europe. I see Toto. You are mean carry some people from Nasarov, from Karo. Somebody even moved from Benue, Peter. TV man also. In Agalad, from Niger, he also carried. Went around. Even Ibo, you are among them. So you are among them. Followed by. Kande Wushaba. she's also from this village. So it is that opportunity. So now, Madam Abandira, so she now said, during that Better Life program, she now said, okay, then she wants to empower women. So, but before, everybody 
have his own places doing in yeah. their houses. So they now gathered him into this place. So that is what happened. After that man, the man established. I named it to Shapako. The center was established in 1990 by the former First Lady Mrs. Mariam Babangida in a bid to harness the potentials of the community under the Better Life for Rural Women program at that time. Over time, it has evolved into a center where youth come to learn the skills and trade from the locals. Joseph Katere, who once headed the center, said several have benefited from it. The center primarily is into the training of youths and our school leavers and that it has trained a lot of our youths and presently a lot of students pump in here for various trainings. Clay is amazing. It can be shaped pretty much into anything from mugs and vases to jewelry and beautiful pieces of art. You can also wear pottery. You can create beautiful pieces that can match your favorite outfits. Ceramic pendants are very easy to make and you can get as creative as you want by making them into any size, color or shape. You can give them a more sophisticated look by combining them with gold or silver chains and hooks or you can simply attach them to a leather rope to achieve a more rustic look. Praise Odolati is a student from the Federal University of Technology, Futa Akure, Ondo State, Southwest Nigeria. She's sure pushing the boundaries with her contemporary portrait skills. Take a listen. Well, um, I was introduced by one of my lecturers that told me about um, different choices of places we can go for industrial training. So I took it on myself to make research on which I could go. So I stumbled on Usafa. Well, for me, I would say it has been a, um, a wonderful experience, you know, getting to know about um, the modern uh, and the traditional um, poetry. And coming here, I've been um, given the opportunity to, you know, practice my own work, the opportunity to work on myself to get better day by day, uh, in which our, our boss has been teaching us. Yeah, uh, something I would actually um, want you to know is I've been able to produce ceramic breeds. It's actually one of the things that I actually experienced, and I got to make them myself. And I have made them um, pots, pots, um, with different sizes. Pottery is a fascinating adventure that brings new knowledge and a lot of positive emotions. Pottery has been known to soothe the soul. It's a refreshing feeling when one can create something using one's hands. That is what pottery offers, a sense of control and power, one which the potters use in determining the outcome. Not only does this expression make us pleased, but it also enhances our self-esteem and gives us a sense of success. Also, dealing with clay necessitates patience. Iron Peter is a potter. She talks about her passion. I like the idea I can make form. I don't have to go through somebody else to explain. They explain, I can explain myself through clay and I can express myself through clay as well. My love of clay is not about mass production. It's about inner feeling that I've done this, I created this. Um, what's the next challenge? Rather than you're making a pot, it goes to somebody else. It's just a, a vessel. Well, no matter where you go, it's a different feel to it. You'd have to do it to know, to 
you what I'm trying to explain to you. Poetry has been the exclusive reserve for women of various cultures in Nigeria and some other parts of Africa as art started far back as the Stone Age. Now, most of the poetry products are domestic wares which are mostly used by women. Before the advent of modern cooking pots and other cooking utensils, clay pots were age-long earthen pots used for food and its preservation. This age-old craft remains a source of sustenance and a lifeline for many indigenous people around the world. Meet Fudera Haruna from a Bagi community in central Nigeria, who, like many other women in her community, has been a potter entire life. I say local pot, clay pots. I inherited this from my great great grandmothers. But normally it's the female that normally do the modding. The men are not involved. Yes, that was how it is. And up to now, it's the women that are doing and they are using bare hand, not machine. They use their bare hand in modding. And even in the process of digging the clay, they use axe for digging. It's very hard and it's the women that are doing again. Like me, I enjoy this business. I enjoy the selling because I can't mold myself. I can do some small, small ones, but not the big, big ones. Because we are schooling everyone, all of us here with school. It's through this that we started our school. since from Nozi Primary to Higher Education. And we enjoy it. Four years when I, I started opening, started this song. Sometimes we do it in the school like handcrafts. They will say we should come and be modding. We do the process for them. Hmm. I guess back then, poetry was definitely an affair for women. But today, the art is open to anyone who has an interest. With so much development and technology hovering around the globe, men too have dived into the venture. Have you ever gone digging by the water's edge only to grab a handful of muck? Well, that muck is clay. Clay is an essential component in pottery making. Clay is a natural material which comes from tiny particles of rock eroded by streams, rivers or rain. It contains all the ingredients of soil like minerals, plant life and animals which break up underwater pressure. Clay can be divided into primary and secondary clay. So whether it is earthenware clay, stoneware clay and porcelain clay, each offers unique qualities to suit various artistic intentions and techniques. Kneading, molding, firing and dyeing are just the few steps required in the making of a clay pot in Africa. The entire process of making a pot can be pretty intensive. In the line of work, nothing can be rushed. Muhammad Yahya is a porter. He will lead us into the journey of making beautiful artistic pottery. In modern pot making, we have different types of clay bodies. So this is the pot clay that we are talking about. Because the first thing that potters use to look inside clay is the plasticity. Without that plasticity, you can't produce anything. So it's good for every potter to go and look for a clay that has plasticity and don't be too high. If it's high, it's another problem. But it's better to be high than to be low. Why? Because you can reduce it by some adding some raw materials. So you can lower in the high plasticity. Yes, this mesh system is very tiny than mesh 40. But the mesh is depending on the work that you want to produce. So this is another mesh. This is mesh 40. Well, this one is mesh 60. This one is tiny. One of the differences between the traditional and the modern. In the traditional, they even look for the purities to come and add inside. Why? Because to withstand. 
during production. Mm. But in modern, no matter how you produce something, even up to nine feet, you don't need any purity inside our plate. Why? Because once that's impurity, it will affect your work during the time you work on top of the machine. So by the idea of that kind, yeah. it helps the bulk plate to stand the temperature, no matter how the temperature is. When the second firing is about 1,200 degrees centigrade, that's why we both are saying that our oaks are more stronger than the metal. This is the king. We need to fire our things. So it has parts and furnitures. Yes, it has key parts and furniture. This place that you see scatter is the door for the kit, where you used to upload our waste and offload it after a fresh fire. This is the door of the kit. So this is the firebox of the kit. So we also have damper, you can see, and we also have chimney. Chimney is just like chimney. Mm -hmm. Where your rotted kit is going out during fire. So the, this is the furniture, we have chefs and props. This thing that you see is a foreign chest. You just use it as a table during firing. Why? Because you cannot just put your works on that. Why? Because you can fall during firing. But this thing that you see is very flat. You can keep your work in balance and you continue doing your firing. I can also use the bricks as a props, as a stand, to something like this. So once we finish production inside studio, after you dry, we take it to the sun dry. At least we leave it for two hours or three hours for sun dry. That sun dry is very important. After you finish sun dry, you can just carry it to the king, come arrange it here. It depends on the size you arrange it inside. Just use this slight the clay. It's very sharp more than a razor blade, but this something. The first thing that you can do after putting your clay on top of something is central. Yes, you have to put this clay at the center. You understand? So the second thing is punching, where the third thing is pulling. After pulling, then shaping. So throw, spin, and create. Now that Mohammed has taken us through the process of producing pottery, I'll suggest you grab some friends and come experience the art of making pottery with your hands when next you visit Nigeria. While pottery can be an exciting venture, it also comes with its challenges. Praise Odolati outlines some challenges she encountered at the Ushafa Pottery Center. First of all, I would say it, we have an issue with light. Uh, it's actually quite better to work on electric quick than manual because manual actually you have to have the energy to kick. So, and that's one of the challenges I can say I'm facing. And for me particularly, I don't stay at Usafa community. I stay um, in Buari. So um, coming here has not that been easy for me, but I've been trying. Notwithstanding, this ancient craft and other popular Nigerian art and culture has greatly put the country on the world tourism map. We've come to the end of the program World of the Arts. This week's edition focused on pottery art. We're reaching you from Voice of Nigeria, Abuja. You can send your inquiries, observations, and suggestions to the producer, World of the Art, Voice of Nigeria, Broadcasting House, PMB 40003, Falomo Ikoi, Lagos, Nigeria, or PMB 5089, Wuse, Abuja, Nigeria. You can also send an email to vonenglishproducers at gmail.com or visit our website www.von.gov.ng for live streaming of our programs and news. Production was by Zemnan Dama. Taju Sali, who handled the audio console, and I am Jude 
Kankara. Let's keep making art. With me, it's going to be a weekend of fun. These guys are loaded with.